Gotta be hype. Gotta be hype. Gotta be so hype for the people at home. People in the back. Hi guys, welcome. My name is Dina Marie Rodriguez. I'm a full-time hand lettering artist and illustrator based in Portland, Oregon. And today we have a new episode of Women of Illustration. This is a brand new web series that features and highlights new badass female talent around the globe to help give free content to everyone out there who's trying to make a living doing what they love with art. Today, we got a new guest for you. Her name is Tatiana Gill. She is an amazing comic book illustrator based out of Seattle, Washington. This girl is killing it. She's been in the industry freaking hustling hard for the past 20 years. That's a lot of years. I love the kinds of subjects that she talks about throughout her entire career. Things like plus size women and body positivity. Hell yeah. Talking about things like social anxiety and healthcare and just general social justice warrior badass. Things that honestly I can't get enough of in my feed. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a thick lady and I like to see my fellow curvilicious bangs in my feed because it's nice to see someone like you repping it out there. Oh, I cannot wait <laughs> to be able to interview her and show you all the things that are inside that brain of hers because there's some gold in there. So with a new artist, you guessed it, it means a new topic of choice. So today we are talking about comic book illustration. This is a topic that I honestly, I don't, I, don't, I have no idea what to say about it. <laughs> I've never done comic book illustration. I enjoy it. I think it's a beautiful <laughs> medium of choice, but when it comes to like how to self-publish your own comic book or how to actually get work as a comic book illustrator or even what the first steps are, I'm a little speechless. And I don't do speechless. But my girl Tatiana, she's got your back. So we're going to launch this series with the most important question. What is the first step? How to get started in comic book illustration. How do you get your name out there as a comic book illustrator so you can eventually get paid to do what you love? Are you guys ready? Fade to pink. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the next installation of Women of Illustration, a brand new series featuring badass women like this girl right here. This is Tatiana Gill. She does comics. She's insane. She's been in the industry for a hot minute, and I'm so excited <laughs> for you guys to learn from her. And we're actually doing a very impromptu three-part series all about how to do comic illustration, which is something we haven't really done. We haven't really done a deep dive in any sort of niche of illustration, so I'm kind of excited. And also, I've been getting, like, a shit ton of questions about comic book design and, like, what to do in the industry, and I'm like... I don't know the answer because I'm not in that niche. So I figured I know the perfect person. So <laughs> Tatiana, how long have you been in the industry? Uh, about 20 years now. Oh, no so, big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Wait some time. I mean, flittering around the fringes for, you know, in and out of the fringes and then plummeting in more significantly the past probably five years. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you work on like day to day? Um, I've got a few projects going on. I'm working on a graphic novel with a writer who, you know, commissioned me to draw the graphic novel. Um, I get like short comic assignments, like, you know, a three panel strip. Um, I do some, I do illustrations as well, like spot illustrations in a cartoony style. So. Oh, cool. 
And then, like, and I'm asking her a question that she wasn't prepared for, which is going to happen. So, like, what's, like, the typical kind of client that you work with being into comics? Like, what does that even look like? Well, um, it really, yeah, there's a few different kinds. I would say, you know, one of my biggest is private commissions. Like, someone wants a comic for their blog or their, um, or even, like, a drawing of them and their family in a cartoony style for, like, a family portrait. I get a lot of work that way. Um, small business, like, um, you know, I recently did a ad for a like parenting coach. So I get a lot of small business stuff. And then actually uh, more recently, some comics for government and like, uh, you know, state funded nonprofits and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So that's pretty like, that's a diverse amount of things you can get. I like like the thing about commissions, like personalized commissions was one thing I didn't really think of. Is that like a really small percentage of the work that you do overall? Because overall? I know when people first get started, that's like a big piece of the pie for them. Yeah, I still do quite a bit of that, I think. Um, possibly because that was a big piece of the pie and it just keeps going through word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's really fun too. Like I like sort of the personal touch of yeah yeah totally Being with friends and family and their friends and family yeah i think my favorite part about doing personalized commissions is because it's so much easier just to make one person happy than an entire demographic of people happy yes <laughs> you could like put more inside jokes you can make it more personalized which makes it more special which has an increased perceived value and there's like a whole thing um and this is a tangent but do you think you can charge more for personalized commissions or commercial work Probably commercial work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it it really depends on like, I mean, I think a small for-profit company is going to be looking hard at the bottom line, but um, big companies and like government, you can, you know, generally are used to sort of working in bigger numbers than, you know, just like a, a private client who's looking at this along with their like phone bill and grocery bill and stuff like that. Totally. I've actually recently had like a perception switch where I used to think commissions, you couldn't charge more because they're not making money off of that artwork, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, okay, but obviously you can charge more for a commercial client because they're going to buy the usage rights, all the other stuff. But the time it takes to make a commission or a commercial project is the same amount. So I think it's all about what, we're, what I'm using the, the term perceived value. So like if you were to go to a gallery, for example, and you were to commission a, a illustration from an artist in that kind of atmosphere you would think it'd be pretty expensive right yeah but if you go to someone's instagram page that perceived value switches and now it's like twenty dollars right yeah. yeah so i think the presentation of how you establish yourself in the art world really has a big <laughs> effect on how much you can charge especially for personalized commissions so i'm actually trying to like anyone that i ever meet that does personalized commissions i'm trying to get them to like raise the bar a little bit and just kind of think of themselves as like, how can I make someone look at my Instagram, look at my website, whatever social media platform of choice and make it look like I'm fucking expensive. Right. Ooh, yeah. So that way, by the time you give them a quote for whatever thing that they're like interested in, they're like, oh, I'm getting a deal. Sweet. Right. So yeah. I think and like your work's really, really good. And I think a personalized commission is so special because it's catered to that one person. So I do think it does have a little bit more value uh, because it's based on emotional value, which is priceless. Like if you have a family heirloom that can't be replaced, it 
Like, even if it's, you know, not worth very much, it has the memories, it's got the emotional value, therefore it's worth more. And that's how I think of personalized commissions. I don't know, do you think I'm crazy? Like, thinking that way? Yeah, well, and I think it depends, too, on on the person, you know, like, if you've got, like, a school teacher who doesn't have very much money, they might not have that much to spend, but then, you know, yeah, someone who's used to buying, like, gallery art for thousands of dollars, it's like, oh, yes, it's a work of art. Of course you can, you know. Mm-hmm. And this but, is just an idea, because I'm like, I don't know. I just, every time I, per- I meet a person, like, how can I make you money? How can I inspire you yes, to, to just be, be rich, right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I just can't help it. So something I always thought would be really cool with comics is because the style looks more simplistic than I would assume it is, but especially when you start to include like foreground background and it's not just the characters. If you were to do something crazy, like a really long strip, that was like, because I feel like that's such a weird aspect ratio that a lot of people wish they had for their houses because it's like a weird space to fill. But if you do oh, like yeah. a really long strip of just like characters and buildings and like really atmosphere and like tell an actual story. So instead of it being like a comic book that has each panel separated, it's all kind of telling a story from left to right. Mm-hmm. That's something that you could probably charge like a nice pretty penny for doing a personalized commission. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And, it, and it'd be cool. And then like for Instagram, you could do the whole like, and just moving the camera to the left or the right. And that'd be really sweet. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I know, you know, this artist that I love, Ellen Forney, she does comics, but then she was like, she started, um, and this was pre-Instagram or pre, you know, Instagram being the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but she wanted to make the leap to like, it's art, you know, it should be in a gallery. Um, so she started projecting her comics like onto a canvas, painting that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. blowing it up really big. And then it's like, boom, suddenly it's worth thousands of dollars because it's the size of a wall, you know? And she actually got, um, she went up doing, you know, we just got a light rail station in my neighborhood and she did this like giant, you know, building sized mural made out of tiles. That's ultimately a drawing that she made, but it got blown up and then turned into a yeah. mosaic. So that sounds cool. fucking amazing. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh, yes. So awesome. <laughs> so let's get, let's finally get into our topic, which is how do we get started in comic book illustration? I had to go on a tangent. I just had to fangirl for a second and be like, money idea? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's go back in time, right? Or, geez, don't, uh, and then we go back. And so how did you first get started in this whole comic book illustration scene? So this has been a lifetime passion of mine. I was drawing, you know, I've been drawing comics since I was a kid. Like I just have always been a big fan of, you know, reading all the comics I could get my hands on, uh, conniving new ways to get more comics, you know, when I was like pre-allowance age and, um, and yeah, and drawing them myself, uh, you know, for my own amusement, for the amusement of people around me, like classmates and my brother and stuff. Um, And then I guess I started getting serious about being published and putting my work out into the world when I was in college. Nice. So what was like your favorite comic book that you were like totally obsessed with when you were like a little, a youngin? Tintin. Tintin? Yes. It's these, you know, Belgian comics about this boy reporter that goes to all these different countries and has these different adventures. And um, yeah, and I would just read them like, like, I remember my parents teasing me because I just, I got a new one and I read it probably, 
you know, a hundred times. I was just sitting there reading it over and over again. It was a little yeah. obsessive, a lot obsessive. <laughs> so what was the inspiration behind like taking a hobby of reading comic books to being a creator of comics, like once you were in college? So I had a big um, inspiration when I was younger that my mom drew a comic and it wasn't for money, but it was for fun. But she, you know, she published a book and put it out. And so that got into my head that that was a possibility. Hmm. I was taking a comics class at my college and um, some of the people there were making zines and, you know, selling them at local stores. And so I got into that too. And that was also, and this is... um, you know, rolls into another subject, but then I was published by my school paper. And so that's what started getting word around and people would come up to me, you know, that I didn't know saying, you know, or I guess once they heard my name, they would be like, oh my gosh, you draw that comic that I love. Yeah. That little, I feel like that first flavor of fame is like, oh, you know me? What? Like, it's like, you're you're just more excited that they even know who the fuck you are than anything else. Yes, totally. Oh, I love... So anyone out there, if there's anyone that you spot in real life, like legit that you're a fan of, fucking tell them. Guaranteed, if they're not popular or popular, it'll probably make their day. Just, just, a, just <laughs> a heads up. I had one girl at Creative South last year who, this was like the most like visceral reaction I've ever gotten from a fan. Like, you just like, hey, thank you so much for the, you know, the videos or the coaching or something. This girl, she went... <laughs> she was like vibrating like, letter shot! <laughs> Yes. Is, you know, you know, it's their so fan awesome. when they're not even using your real name. They're using your username. <laughs> and yes. it was one of the, and mind you, this was a party. There's alcohol. I'm sure if it was like a normal day, <laughs> two o'clock in the afternoon, probably wouldn't have been so excited. And I was like giving out these like letter shop, uh, lettering adventures pencils for my zine series. And I was like, and I was very nice. I was like, I'm going to present to you a gift and then she goes oh my god and she like falls to her knees like i got something wow. i was just like what is this real life and she's like can i hug you and i'm like sure and we're like hugging she's like i'm hugging like this is the weirdest thing and i'm just like she made my life like i'm gonna tell that story for the for the rest of my days just because how important she made me feel yeah so, that's so cool I definitely, I don't think I, I could handle it if my life was full of like Lady Gaga-esque moments like that. Um, I think I probably would stop posting, to be honest. <laughs> I think when you get too many accolades, it just naturally makes you feel uncomfortable. If you still have your humble in your in your art, not so many, some people lose it after a few years. So you mentioned a couple different artists that inspired you. Are any of them women? I'm just curious. I, I, I would assume there's not too many comic book female artists to begin with. Yeah, no, actually, um, I think most of my inspirations are women, but I've always sort of uh, zoomed in on women. And actually, that's not true of like probably up until puberty. I was mostly reading male cartoonists. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I think it was just what was accessible, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a particular choice. But then I actually uh, probably around high school, I started really enjoying uh, female voiced autobiography. And so then I started actually seeking out more female cartoonists and um, female writers, and um, and you know at the at the time this would be the late night or you know the '90s there were you could still find anthologies that were mm-hmm. women themed because it was rarer then, and so I'd really seek those out. And so a lot of my early influences were women, and then even today, you know, it's, today it's a lot easier to find female cartoonists and so mm. most of my main inspirations today are 
are women. Okay. You want to name drop a few so we can check them out? Yeah, I love, okay. Um, and these are people who their style can be a lot different than mine, but I just, I see them on social media and they just, their work just warms my heart. I love it. Um, so Jen Bartel is an artist who does some really fun work. Um, Gabrielle Bell is my main, uh, she's been an inspiration for a long time now. And, um, she does autobiographic comics and they're, they're really, you know, they're, they're works of art. You know, I will buy her originals and just be like, I own this amazing thing. I love that. And then there's some people have met pretty big success, like, um, Noel Stevenson, who does Nimona. Mm -hmm. She's, she's actually now, you know, from her social media, I think she's now producing a She-Ra cartoon, a new She-Ra reboot. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, she's like the big time if you're doing She-Ra property. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I just love her style. And, um, and I just love how a lot of women now are, it seems like, you know, they have like best-selling graphic novels. They're working in, they might be have a day job in animation or, or just really be um moving and shaking i guess like yeah. doing you know really well known and um and really inspirational yeah that's so cool yeah i mean like my personal favorite and this is something that's so new like i feel like i didn't really understand the illustration world until i just started this series because uh -huh. um, you know you, you fall into the the trap the tunnel vision of your own niche so it's just lettering 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 until yeah. then I like open up to illustration and then it's all the different facets of illustrations, like animated illustration, comics, and then like all the different style and subsections with mediums and subject matter. It's endless. Um, that my favorites are really the people who do just depict their life. Yes. It's so fucking relatable. Like, and also like from like a, an engagement standpoint too, for like social media, you know, if you draw something that sometimes you just think is funny or it's, you know, hey, I had a really hard day. This is why. Or you're telling a story about yourself. People just relate to it so much more than if you're just doing like a, a funky character or something else because they can see themselves in you and it makes them want to connect. And that's, you know, the initiative for them to follow you in the first place and gain a following and get the accolades and the people freaking out at you, at, you know, conferences. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Would you say that your first success as a comic book artist was when you got published by that school newspaper or was it before that? Um, yeah, I would say that was my first, um, I mean, that was unpaid, but that was my first taste of notoriety for sure. It was the first time you've ever been published, right? Yeah. 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 That's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. I think, like when you see your, your stuff outside of the second you just made it in the place that you made it, you're like, oh, it's real now. <laughs> yes, totally. I think that's where I first started getting like a, oh, I, you know, this is like my, yeah. <laughs> I'm a cartoonist, you know, instead of just like that person that draws in between classes or. Yeah. It's like, I'm a professional. I've been published. So yes, this is my life now. I love it. <laughs> yes. Sometimes that's all it really takes. Um, how did that first opportunity present itself? Was it something you applied for? Did they just go, hey, you draw things, make a comic for our newspaper? Like, how did that even happen? Yeah, that was something that I applied for. Yeah. And that taste of success got me excited enough to start applying for other, you know, other gigs like it. And that also got word of mouth. Like, I think the next time I was published, 
was for a little local magazine, but the editor had read my comic in the school newspaper and said, hey, how about I publish it in this too? Yeah, so. it's like a little domino effect. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's so interesting and, and, you know, depending on like if you're religious or if you just believe in the universe or whatever, I really think that like when you start to put yourself out there, the universe or whatever will reward you for it. And also like, it's so hard to make a name for yourself when you're still too scared to apply for things or to put yourself out there. Like half of the conversations I have with new illustrators is they don't feel comfortable posting their work on something small like Instagram, let alone being published in a local or school newspaper. So if you had any like, I don't know, like little grain of advice for those newbies who are like, I like comics, but I feel like it's too saturated and my voice, I haven't figured out my style. What do I do? What would you say is like the main thing, the first step for them to get started in something like that? Um, yeah, I think it is to get yourself out there. I mean, I'm trying to think more granular, like if that's too big of a leap to just, um, you know, like what I, so I teach this class business of cartooning and what I had my students do was pitch was write a pitch mm. like um like I gave them a, a webcomic publisher to to just write a little paragraph of like here's my idea for a comic would you be interested in publishing that comic yeah um, and I think that that's a good way to yeah to get it out there and and having some samples too to back that up is you know they'll, they'll want to know if you can draw or not but yeah. But you don't necessarily have to have a finished comic and shop that around. You can just shop an idea. Yeah, I think that's great. I didn't even know that you taught the business of comics. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm Thanks. like, dude, you, then you're 100% the right person to talk to for this three-part yes. series. <laughs> I'm so glad you reached out and applied to be a guest because you won. You're just so good at applying things and getting right. stuff. Right? <laughs> Bravo, buddy, Um <laughs> that's cool. cool i mean what i originally try to say is like you know uh post yourself on social media because what you said was key like it gave me the confidence to take to take myself seriously in that and sometimes something like as simple as thumbs up emoji this is really cool keep making this and just those like strangers just coming at you with compliments can be that fuel to kind of feed that fire in your belly to kind of keep going but there's nothing quite like someone who isn't a fan that you know is being really critical about what kind of content they put on whatever platform and they choose your content regardless if it's your local school <laughs> or yeah. it's an actually like a, a really popular newspaper or online publication so i feel like some people and i'm going to keep saying this over and over again the worst thing that anyone can say to you is no right or just ignore your email together so i actually think that's like a really good homework assignment for people who are watching this first episode of this series on comic books is put yourself out there, right? Find an online or some sort of publication, figure out a pitch. What would be like the thing, the important things for them to put inside that pitch, you think? Like obviously examples of work. Yeah, examples of your work, um, you know, your, your idea and the audience you think it would appeal to, you know, sort of why you think that that could be a, a good idea for them to publish sure. your comic. Like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it would appeal to these people, it might, you know, it would spark this kind of engagement, that sort of thing. Yeah, so doing research on the demographics behind the publication, really making sure it makes sense for them. Um, like if you yeah. don't, don't apply to like a religious magazine, I don't know if they make those. 
Um, I'm assuming that they do, and then like, <laughs> and then do like political cartoons making fun of certain people that are against that person's traditional beliefs. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, or like you want to go for like the most PC thing or the most anti-PC thing. I think it really makes a difference. And also, people appreciate when you cater to that audience. And most people don't mind a little like, I don't know, breaking the mold if you will, because that shock and then awe, I think it is really important part to telling a story, right? But Oh yeah. So yeah. I don't know, I think there's a lot of things you can get away with, because I feel like a lot of publications now, they want to kind of, it's all about the clickbait, right? So yeah. it's just like, how can I see a title or see a preview image for an editorial illustration that's gonna make me wanna click and read the rest of that content? So whether it's something, it has to be something different or a new, a new perspective on something, or maybe it's something that's a little not PC and it's a little raw or it's insanely personal. And it's, I find those projects probably the most rewarding. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool, I'm excited. I, okay, if anyone out there does this assignment, I want you to tag both Women of Illustration and Tatiana and we're gonna, <laughs> and we're gonna check you out. We're gonna go ahead and like give you some likes and some fucking feedback and try to help you out with this goal of being a comic book illustrator. Yes, absolutely. I would, I love to, yes, foster. Yeah. I'm just foster like, other people's like getting their stuff out there. And cool. I'm glad I was like, I'm just going to volunteer your time yeah. for you. <laughs> that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it is realistic for someone to get a nine to five traditional day job being a comic book artist. I think um, it's possible, but improbable. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good way to put it. Dreams, but, um, <laughs> but you know, it's really tough and there's a lot of competition. And I think there are some gigs out there, but a lot of places that I know that could even use someone like that will outsource to another country where the cost of living is cheaper. Really? And the artists charge less. Um, some people do it, you know, I follow a lot of them on social media and they're very inspirational to me. And, but they also, I see them work super hard and they don't usually have health insurance or anything like that. Like, so you're going to be working, you know, and it's not nine to five. It's yeah. From what I can tell it's 24 <laughs> seven. I love my life just turns into my job. Yeah. It's totally worth it. It's not, yeah. it's not worth it. Um, <laughs> so what do you think is the thing that like students that are in college that are really interested in comic book illustration, people just who are like, fuck art school. Cause I personally don't think you need art school. No offense to the school that I used to teach at. <laughs> um, what's like a realistic goal for them? Like, okay, I want to make money as a comic book artist full time. How should I go about it? So the way I'm doing it right now is working for me, but it's also a little bit like it won't last forever. So I think um, number one is to have a plan B. I, um, but there's a few different ways. Um, so right now I have this great, amazing long-term freelance job where I'm drawing a you know really long graphic novel. And so so for the next couple of years, I've got the steady income. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I was looking at some of the other episodes of this series. And I think a lot of those have really good calls, like, you know, set up your work so that you can sell digital copies or that you can sell um, merchandise and things like that so that you have this sort of constant revenue stream, set up a patron, uh, you know, the patreon.com mm -hmm. so that, you know, people can support you. And even if you are not making very much that way, it's a, it's a little bit more. Um, so I, I guess diversify would be the, 
short answer because, you know, right now I've got, it's really incredible. Like my freelance work has been snowballing, word of mouth. I've been getting a lot of work, but I can't guarantee that that will last forever. And, um, and so it's good to think about, you know, I always sort of keep in mind, what will I do if, if that dries up? Yeah. I mean, definitely having the backups, like the diversified revenue streams that we had earlier in the season um, is super important. I, I'm personally obsessed with Patreon. I think, ev- I'm going to keep saying this, every artist should have a Patreon, every single one. I want Patreon to become the new Instagram for artists because we actually get money. <laughs> Where Instagram, it's fucking, the engagement rate alone is bad, but the add to cart rate, like to have someone buy or support you or whatever, is even lower. Mostly because they don't give us links, which I'm horribly offended by. Because <laughs> um, well, I like to think of Patreon as like almost like a newsletter. So like if we stop using platforms like MailChimp and things like MailChimp, where we have to pay a monthly fee, depending on how many subscribers we have, um, and Patreon, people can just go ahead and follow you. They don't have to give you money in order for them to get that newsletter. So that's a great way to kind of get email marketing but in a way that is very easy for the person just to hit a button and give you money every month and be a part of your subscription, you know? So I feel like if we think about it from that kind of marketing strategy of like, hey, I'm gonna give and I give and I give and you get behind the scenes content, you get all this stuff, eventually you're gonna wanna give me a dollar or $5 or $10 or whatever in order to support me because I'm helping you, whether it's making you laugh, making you feel like less alone in this universe or, Maybe you just want to be me <laughs> and you want, and it just helps keeps you like that fire in you to keep making. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm obsessed with Patreon. I eventually want to do a course just like, this is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 steps to be a really cool fucker on Patreon and actually get <laughs> somewhat of a salary every month, which is really nice just because I get over 2k from just lettering adventures my uh, monthly zine series. And that was just me making a product and completely breaking the, I would say the sales model for Patreon, which is normally, hey, I'm gonna make this free content. If you wanna support me and donate money, the word donate versus purchase is usually uh, how it works there. So um, there's definitely a lot of different avenues. Um, How are you enjoying Patreon? I know that's crazy off topic. I don't know if it's super off topic, but I'm just wondering, how are you liking it? Well, I love it because Um, so I take a totally different approach, which is that, um, because I have like, my time is full right now with freelance. I, um, I don't have a lot of time to put towards patron. And so, but I was telling that to someone and they were like, just put up a page. Like you don't have to offer anything. You don't have to have a reward tiers, just put up a page. So if somebody wants to throw money at you, they have a way to do it. And so. And so that's what I have right now where I just, I share, you know, anything I have that I can share publicly, I will. Um, And it's just a place to point people like, hey, if you support my work, you know, consider throwing me a little money my way. So right now I'm not making very much, but it's, you know, it's out there and it's a place people can go. And when I have more time, I would like to do more of a serious endeavor. But meanwhile, it's just great because, you know, I probably make more that way than from book sales because... Yes. Commissions are far less than full donations for sure. I don't know. I think we live in this kind of, just to wrap up on this episode, um, we live in this amazing gig economy that is probably going to plummet at some point. I'm assuming just like all different kinds of markets and economies do. (laughs) We just look at basic history. Um, But in the meantime, I think we just really need to take advantage of this. And 
I mean, it's just like, oh, why would I start my own business? Why would I do this? Because there's so many other people doing it. It's like, you have an idea. Great. So does every fucker out there. The difference between you and the fuckers is you're actually going to do the thing and be consistent about it. Not everyone has the balls to even start something, let alone continue to do it. Like a 365 series or just doing a campaign for Instagram or whatever. The name of the game is literally just like creating content and doing it consistently, whether that's on Instagram, Patreon, or any of these platforms. And then people will follow you and they will give to you and they will support you. And it's really that easy for now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So, boop, 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 All right, Tatiana, super excited about just hearing like how you can get a really cool start in the illustration industry, specifically comic books. But when we come back in the next episode, we're gonna talk about how we can actually get paid. Right? It's one thing to get noticed. It's one thing just to learn all the stuff that you got to do, the practice, all the things. But <laughs> how can I start paying my bills and get some of that cash paper in exchange for my art? Right? So mm-hmm. we'll see you next week with Tatiana Gill. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. That was a good episode. Thanks for sticking around throughout that entire interview. You are a champion after my heart, and I love you. If you guys want to support Tatiana, which I highly recommend that you should, you can go ahead and give her a follow on Instagram at tatsgill. You can also check out all of her comics, everything that she's published, her blog, all of her cool content at tatianagill.com. Any ladies out there want to get some extra exposure on your work? I know you do. Go ahead, give me a follow at instagram.com slash womenofillustration and use the hashtag women of illustration in order to get featured because your work's cool and it's hard to find your cool work when there's so many other people making cool work so use the hashtag so you can make my life easier okay cool also don't forget if you are digging this content if you want to go ahead and you need a little bit more than just some dina and some artists in your face come and join our community at patreon.com slash women of illustration you can support us for just one dollar that gets you access to all of our patron only posts and early access to every single episode, and monthly Q&A live streams with guests. Finally, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, y'all. Just hit that little button. Get it. Get it. Get, 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 get it. So that way you can get notifications for when we make more content. Not only are those going to be more hard-hitting interviews with guests, but also you get to know me a little bit more and see what the kind of things that I'm doing. And I've made an oath to pay attention to YouTube more and create more free content. You like free stuff, don't ya? <sighs> Guys, seriously, real talk. Thank you for being a fan. I super appreciate your view. Tell your friends. Bye. Women of illustration, learning illustration online. Come back to me, Tatiana Gill. Reinitializing. There's people doing the lawn, so that's that sound. Her name is Tatiana Gill. And of course, my computer died. We are going to do another episode. <laughs> Watch the interview, boo boo boo, everyone's amazed. Ooh, ah, that's good content. <laughs> uh, forgot. <laughs>